Hello, Chloe here. Just to remind you to get our listeners survey filled in by Thursday 28th of February if you want to also enter the prize draw. It won't take you a lot of time. Go on, please help me keep optimising the podcast. You just need to head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash survey. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Chloe and it is great to have you listening. In today's episode, we're getting into Google shopping campaigns and how to take them to the next level to grow your sales and fight off the competition. Without the sponsors, the podcast wouldn't be possible. So please do take a moment to check them out. This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. SendPro Online makes it easy to save time and money, no matter what you send or ship, and you'll always get the best rates and never overpay. With SendPro, you can compare shipping rates between carriers, plus save five cents a letter and up to 40% off USPS priority mail shipping. As a listener, you can get a free 30-day trial and a free £10 scale, but only when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan. That's pb dot com forward slash master plan. Today's special guest is John Lord of Connexity. As many of you know, I'm a big fan of Google Ads. So at e-commerce expo last year, when John started to tell me about Google's comparison shopping service, or CSS for short, I couldn't believe I didn't already know about it. And if I haven't heard about it, then there's a probably a good chance that you haven't either. So is Connexity one of Google's premium CSS partners here in Europe? I thought it'd be great to get him onto the show to tell us a bit about CSS, what it is and how to make it work for our businesses. Hello, John. Yeah. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you here. I'm looking forward to getting getting deep into the world of CSS when it comes to GSC or Google Shopping Campaigns. I, and I'm going to try and resist the uh, the urge to fill this entire interview out with three-letter abbreviations, um, which is probably in everybody's interest. Right. Before we get into that, though, um, can you tell us a bit, bit more about you? How did you get started off in e-commerce? Well, I, I, I really started in marketing. So I did a I did a, a psychology degree and a media degree up at Leeds University. And I had a placement in an advertising agency, um, but then secured a job in uh, Barclays marketing team up in up in Yorkshire. And really, I was focused heavily on direct mail in those days. So very much into the data. But in those days, we were Currying data tapes by uh, bike between locations, so it's uh, a bit of time ago now. But but by early kind of 1999, I was already writing copy for websites, uh, and then uh, I moved uh, from Yorkshire down to London um, and worked for a, an IFA company called uh, Char- John Charcoal, and uh, worked with the team there to develop the UK's first transactional mortgage platform, um, which uh, which was really exciting. So. Really, from around 2000, I've been involved in transactional websites and developing developing uh, businesses online. Very cool. And how did you end up working um, at a business like Connexity and, and getting kind of deep into the world of of ads? Because it's quite it's quite different from website copywriting for mortgages. Oh yeah, you know exactly. I mean, I, after spending around 10 years in financial services, um, working in probably three different companies. Um, whilst I was always working uh, within performance on the marketing side, 
and never really working in branding. I really wanted to work in new new verticals and do something new. I, I guess my big break was to move from financial services into more of an ad tech position. Um, that business was a company called Trade Doubler. Um, really running big uh, e-commerce affiliate programs for the biggest advertisers in Europe at the time. Um, people like Dell or Apple or Expedia, uh, really working uh, uh, predominantly with re- big retail clients and big um, travel businesses with huge product feeds. So that's when I really got stuck into um, working in, in a sort of pan-European or global function, really focused on driving sales for e-commerce advertisers. Um, and then, you know, I spent about eight years on the affiliate side of the business um, and then um, as programmatic uh, advertising was really taking off and mobile was going crazy, um, probably in about 2014, um, I started working for a company called Critio. And hopefully many of many people listening to this podcast will, will know, know about Critio as a leader in performance display advertising. So I worked uh, at Critio for around four years um, focused on the on the UK and European markets, um, really uh, understanding the programmatic uh, stack and all the different three letter acronyms, which I won't raise on this call. Um, I recently joined Connexity uh, middle of this year, um, really sort of getting into into search and, and really uh, working much closer with 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 Google as a as a key partner. So really, I would say you know I've I've had great experience client side. Great experience on the technology side across affiliate display and search, which um, many people on this call will, will see as their main uh, channels for e-commerce. Excellent. Well, look, I'm glad I'm glad I've picked someone with such pedigree as a both a marketer and an ad specialist to uh, help take our listeners through this um, this this meaty topic. I would say so. Right, we're going to be talking CSS, but just before we get into that, just in case anyone out there's going, what's a Google Shopping campaign? Uh, could you just give us a quick explanation of what a Google Shopping campaign is, just so our listeners can kind of visualise what we're talking about? Okay. Well, I mean. Many many listeners uh, will will know Google for, for for advertising, so it's their biggest revenue stream. Um, prior to about 2010, all the ads on Google were text ads on the right hand side of the um, search results. Um, you know the traditional AdWords campaigns that that, that um, many people on this call will remember. From around 2010 2011, they introduced a site called um, Frugal. And Frugal at that time was a free um, sort of product listing service, which was an extra tab within the Google search results. Um, They developed that during sort of 2011, 2012. And actually, Connexity were one of the beta advertisers in the US working alongside them to develop this proposition. And really what the proposition is, is rather than um, delivering search results based on keywords. It's it's um, search results deli- uh, based on based on product and product attributes. So specifically, um, the descriptions of products and the titles um, that are contained within the product feed. So this Google Shopping product, um, people previously known have known it as um, product listing ads or PLAs. Um, it's now um, fully branded as Google Shopping. Um, in all the markets that it's live in, and really is 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 the main um, delivery channel for e-commerce um, retailers that have uh, large product feeds and want to syndicate those products through the Google search engine. Um, 
Now, effectively, uh, like AdWords, it's uh, an auction-based model based on um, a CPC as well as a quality score. So depending on the quality of your product feed and the bid price, that will determine where you're placed for that particular product um, when, when a user is subsequently searching for it in Google. Cool, I love that full-on history of Google shopping campaigns there, guys. So we're talking about those ads that have the picture of the product, the price and the name that enable us to get the right product in front of the person who's looking for it and get them through to the website and convert. Now, we've all... I think, um, enjoyed Google shopping campaigns. I know some of you will, some of you out there listening have sworn about Google shopping campaigns because they are, of course, a completely different beast to learn how to optimize than, uh, Google keywords. And we're going to avoid getting into that whole optimization piece today because we want to talk about if you've got your Google shopping campaigns nailed, what the next step is, I suppose. But would you say that's a fair way of explaining the CSS opportunity, John? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. Cause I think, Looking at many advertisers and many, many retailers that have really tried to optimize Google shopping as much as possible, they're starting to see those efforts, um, plateau. So, you know, over the last probably four or five years, the Google shopping growth has been exponential, one of the fastest growing channels, um, in the market. But now I think many of the um, data points that I'm seeing in the market and many of the conversations I'm, I'm having with advertisers is that uh, they're starting to see uh, actually the year-over-year year year growth um, drop down to single digits um, and actually the costs increasing between 20 and 30%. So it's classic demand and supply economics. So there is starting to become um, a click scarcity issue uh, and therefore there's less growth in the channel and the, the costs um, both on a CPC and total ad spend level are increasing. So and given that Google Shopping is probably one of the largest paid uh, media channels for e-commerce, then this is an issue if you're, if you're trying to grow efficiently. So there you go, guys. There's the problem. So I suppose we should probably explain what CSS actually is. So, so John, what is CSS? So CSS is a comparison shopping service as defined by Google. And so these are historically uh, price comparison sites that have been um, allowed to um, bid within uh, the Google shopping interface. Um, there have been some challenges uh, in the EU market um, over the last couple of years with Google being fined, but that, that playing field is, is opening up now and uh, in, across U Europe and the US, CSS partners are now allowed to bid alongside Google's own solution uh, for those placements. Um, and really what that means is there is uh, competition uh, w within those spaces that, that wasn't there before um, and also creates an incremental opportunity to grow revenues from Google Shopping, even if you've started to plateau. So for example, if you if you're seeing uh, very limited growth in your Google Shopping campaigns because maybe every pound or dollar or euro that you're putting it into that campaign you're not getting the same return as you would be, um, you know, several years ago, then by working with a CSS partner you're able to obtain additional ad placements in the search results, uh, and typically um, advertisers can probably expect anything upwards of 25 uh, or even 50 percent more. Um, clicks and sales coming through at the same cost of sale as the direct campaign. Uh, and obviously, if this is one of your biggest uh, paid channels, then that's a significant opportunity. 
Basically, it's and people will have seen this on the Google Shopping results in the Google search engine, isn't it? These days you get the fact the ad is delivered by Google underneath the ad and you might get another ad that says delivered by something else. And it's it's basically another mechanism that we can use to take over more inventory. So we kind of log into Google to manage one campaign and we log into something else to manage a second campaign. Have I, have I simplified it too much or is that kind of the nuts and bolts? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So typically, if you're on desktop, uh, you will see um, ads by Google and you typically will see five results for the particular keyword or products you've put into the search. Um, what what uh, CSS allows you to do, rather than having you know, one of those five ads, you could potentially have um, two of those ads or even three of those ads, depending on how the CSS is structured, which means um, you will get more uh, impression share on that product term. Uh, but also you're going to be pushing out competitors that may not be working with the CSS. So it, it gives you greater um, impression share and uh, a greater chance to receive that user back to your site. So you're basically just buying more space on that search results page. You've, you've, got, you've possibly got a keyword ad running uh, that's, that they're going to see. They're going to see you in the SEO results. And then they're also going to be able to see you twice in the product, uh, the Google Shopping campaign ads, the product listing ads, uh, because you've, you've entered that bit both via Google and via a separate CSS. So, so I'm guessing people probably don't run the same ads on both Google and the CSS. So maybe one they use a product cutout and the other one they use a human wearing it, maybe? Well, I think I think the um, Google's actually very good at, at describing what happens uh, within within the CSS bidding versus a direct campaign, and I would urge all the listeners to to do their investigation um, on Google directly. But I would say that um, Google does its very best not to put the same products next to each other, and actually the incremental impact works best when you have a completely different bidding and account structure on Google. Um, between the CSS and the direct campaign, so we would we would never say a, that a CSS should replace the direct campaign. It should be seen as a secondary campaign running alongside. So it's not a copy and paste scenario. It's a let's create a new feed, feed it into the CSS, and take a different strategy here to what we're doing with our Google account. Yeah, the way the way that that it works best in terms of driving incrementality is if you effectively have two competing partners and two competing strategies delivering uh, results for the same merchant. If you just did a copy and paste of the existing campaign, I think the incrementality would be very, very low indeed. Because what you're trying to do is if we take the term black dresses, for example, you're trying to get one dress to appear there, be the number one pick for Google via your Google a GSC campaign, and then you want another one of your black dresses to be the second choice via the CSS provided that you're using. And of course, if, if you did exactly the same strategy, then it's going to only lead to the same Google trying to put the same dress there, and they're going to realise it's the same dress, and you're only going to get the one space, which means the whole CSS effort was wasted because you're not getting the two spaces, which is the point of the exercise. Absolutely right. I couldn't have explained it better myself. Yeah, absolutely correct. Cool. So, so it's, is this a strategy only for the larger players? Do we need a lot of budget for it to be worth going into CSS? Or if you've got a small product range and you've, you've maxed out the Google shopping campaign opportunity on Google, is this still something that's worth dipping your toes into? 
I think it's I think it's a strategy for any kind of size company. I would say if you're not already working in Google Shopping today, then obviously it doesn't make sense. You definitely need to be operating within Google Shopping and have some, you know, some good experience in Google Shopping today and start to see those diminishing returns. So if you haven't seen those diminishing returns as yet, um, then then please, can, I would recommend to continue working with Google until you start seeing, you know, the, the performance starting to, to plateau. Um, so any advertiser, whether you're spending, you know, ten thousand dollars or or a million dollars, you know, they will know based on the number of offers in that feed um, whether they're reaching diminishing returns or not. So it's not a question of spend; it's just a question of. Does it make sense based on the performance? So we, so this is something for those who've got their Google shop, shopping campaigns working, not for the people who've put a feed into Google and just ignored it. Correct. Yeah. Which I know there's far too many out there saying it. So if you're one of those people, please go and optimise your shopping campaigns and stop listening to this as well, because you, this is not a strategy for you if you've only just put your feed in, put it live and left it running. But anyway, sorry, I'm about to get ranty. Nobody needs me to get ranty today. Um, so... How many CSSs are there out there? Obviously, you're one of the, the, the key partners for Europe. Are there loads of CSSs for us to pick from? Or is this quite a closely guarded opportunity, a Google limiting the people who are becoming CSSs? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting point. I think in Europe, there's been a huge amount of competition over the last 12 months. Um, and uh, predominantly through some of the incentives that Google were offering uh, last year. But I think predominantly... Um, the ones uh, that uh, some of the listeners should really consider closely are the premium CSS partners. Um, and the big difference between a CSS partner and a premium CSS partner is uh, to get the premium badge from Google, you need to be running at least 100 merchants through the technology or through the platform. Um, and so that's a proxy for quality. That's a proxy for uh, a good customer experience and, and, and in general, um, a higher performing um, channel. So I think in Europe, uh, depending on the market you're looking at, there's probably around 10 premium CSS partners. Um, obviously, Connexity is, is one of those. In the US, there is um, historically, there's been less competition in that market. Um, and, um, but Connexity would be a, would be one of the, the partners to consider in the US market. Um, obviously, if you go further afield than, than, uh, Europe or US into markets like APAC, it's a slightly, slightly different environment because Google's maybe not the, the leading player. And in some markets, shopping isn't, isn't a channel that's available. So really, this is a, a US and Europe play. To say it's a merchant who manages their Google Shopping campaigns in-house, is signing up to a CSS and setting up those ads very similar on-screen experience to doing it via Google? Is it you know self-managed? You and and you you know you you tweak you optimize yourself, or is it a bit different? I think there's different there's different options depending on how uh, a partner particularly wants to use it, but. Uh, the main play for the incremental side, because you need to be running a different strategy and a different campaign structure, it makes sense for the CSS to be managing it as opposed to you managing it internally. That said, you could maybe have two different PPC managers managing via a CSS. Although, to be honest, um, in our experience, it, it's it's normally the CSS that runs the secondary campaign um, to keep it completely separate. But there's no reason why it couldn't be done internally, but it's just not 
it's not a tip it's not a typical setup but it's possible and um i'm guessing you know you said there's there's quite a few css's out there there's about 10 premium in the in the in europe is it theoretically possible for someone somebody's got a massive budget you know say an asos or a boohoo or something here in in a competitive area with with big old budgets they could theoretically work with 10 css's and try and completely take over one of the generic results like black dress or red dress or something along those lines. Is that theoretically possible? It's uh, theoretically possible and is present in the market today. So some of the biggest e-commerce providers um, out there today are working with multiple CSS um, for sure. And, and again, on Google's own site, there is um, a whole section on multiple CSS bidding. And so what happens when there are multiple CSSs bidding that I think advertisers and listeners on the call, if there are very large ones listening right now, I think there might be a concern about um, bid inflation. But um, the way that Google has set up the CSS bidding structure um, within Google Shopping means that you will never be sort of second priced against the CSS, even if there are multiple CSSs bidding. So if there, even if there were, in your example, 10 CSSs, um, the actual winning bid would be the same as if there was only one CSS. I suppose in part that's going to be because it, Google's trying to not display the same product six times, which means they can kind of net them off against each other, can't they? You know, C- CSS A has the best version for that product, so that product's being, going to be ignored across everything else, which I suppose in some ways helps with the bid inflation side of things. But I'm probably getting too, too into the tech and trying to understand the Google algorithm for today's, for today's chat. But <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we could spend all day on that one. I, I think yeah, the two, the two main things that that um, listeners would be concerned about is bid inflation. So the second pricing part um, uh, ensures that Google will never let someone be second priced against themselves for the same merchant, for the same um, destination. And likewise, on the product side, um, the algorithm on the quality side will, will aim, it doesn't guarantee, but it will aim not to show the same product next to each other because, again, that's not a good customer experience. Excellent. Well, there you go, guys. CSS uh, in all its glory explained. And so many, well, such a clear strategy there, I think. If you're maxing your budget out on Google Shopping campaigns and you've optimised it to the nth degree, it clearly seems to me like it's time to go and find yourself a premium CSS provider. I think that's that's kind of the, the bottom line here, isn't it, John? I, I think if you're maxed out, you're plateauing and you're looking for the next uh, growth within your business, then I definitely think it's a, a solution to, to consider for sure. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Shipping is complex. Now there's a better way to manage it all. Send Pro Online by Pitney Bowes. Easily compare USPS and other shipping options, print labels and stamps on your own printer, track all shipments. Plus, despite the USPS post rates increase in January, you'll still get great discounts on USPS priority mail shipping and get five cents off every letter you send. Sempro Online is only $14.99 per month. You can get a free 30-day trial when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan plus a free £10 scale. That's pb.com slash masterplan. It's time for the top tips round. 
I love the top tips section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So John, the first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Such a hard question to answer with one book. So I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit and give you a few books. Um, it's all right. We'll take a couple. Yeah. So the first author that I really like is a guy called Mike Weinberg, and he is a is a master of sales. So he's done two really strong books, one called New Sales Simplified, and one is called Sales Management Simplified. He really digs under the skin of what drives a sales team um, and what what happens if things go wrong and how to fix it. He's really focused on um, supporting uh, a sales culture within the business and I've learned a lot from from those two books. And um, if, if you have a sales team um, doing anything with with customers, this these these books would be really really worth getting. So, New Sales Simplified and Sales Management Simplified by Mike Weinberg. And then my other my other tip would be um, uh, start with why Simon Sidek. Um, I think ma- many of the listeners will will know Simon Sidek uh, for some of his TED talks. But I think one of the things that I found really, really uh, useful with my teams historically over time, um, especially when I'm looking to build you know, a team, a vision and mission, and also a product strategy that sits within that, Simon Sidek's Start With Why is, is excellent as a book. And um, if you don't want to get the book, just look it up on YouTube. And he's got, um, there's many uh, uh, little videos just introducing the Start With Why concept. Some excellent advice there, and even even a YouTube TED Talk TED Talk recommendation too. Okay, the traffic top tip: Which marketing method do you either prize above all others, or think doesn't get the press it deserves? CSS. <laughs> it had to be really, didn't be. it? <laughs> it had to be CSS. So you know, getting incremental sales via your Google Shopping channel uh, is absolutely key. If you're plateaued out, then um, this is a definitely an opportunity to generate more more sales. Excellent. I like the consistency as well. It would have, would have been really bad if you come on and go, SEO. <laughs> it would have been like, yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. Okay, cool. So we're going, clearly CSS is our traffic top tip today. All right. Okay. The tool top tip then. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Uh, yes. I would say I've used um, a CRM platform called HubSpot recently this year and um, I really really like it so I've used many different CRMs before you know Salesforce Microsoft Dynamics etc but HubSpot is uh, a software as a service platform very very simple and easy to use um, everybody in the team loves it it's completely intuitive you almost don't need to train people on it it's so easy to use um, so it's it's one of those tools that uh that once you use it, it becomes indispensable. Um, the only other one that I think um, I've used in the past but not currently using is Slack. So uh, many people will be using message, messaging apps, um, but Slack is, is is an excellent, excellent tool for collaboration. Because my teams are working remotely in different parts of Europe and in the US, collaboration and messaging apps are really, really important. Um, also massively cuts down on email. Slack, um, I think, they uh, reportedly say that by using their messaging service, you reduce the number of emails by about 50%. 
Um, and I've definitely seen that using it. Uh, and importantly, HubSpot connects with Slack. So uh, it's, if I can get those two working together, it will be massively efficient for, for your business. And, it, and they're particularly good with um, small to medium enterprises. Um, so if you don't have the budget for a Salesforce, HubSpot's a really, really good option. Excellent. Okay, then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I think the number one tip is to prioritize product feeds. So product feed effectively for e-commerce is is, is the gold. It is the um, unique uh, identifier that sits powering every every product that appears on the website and every product that appears off the website. So um, we just talked a lot about Google Shopping. Um, if you don't have a good product feed, you can't um, get onto Google Shopping. Uh, many advertisers that we we work with um, come to us and work with us because uh, we, we can get most of their offers uploaded. But uh, if you don't have a great product feed, you can't get on Google Shopping. Equally, you will struggle with things like retargeting um, and um, other other parts of the other parts of the stack. So um, the product feed is is really really key. And um, if you haven't uh, got great resources on that, there are lots of partners and solutions to to help. But um, uh, product feed it st- it all starts with that and finishes with that ultimately. Excellent advice. Okay, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. John, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and Connexity if they'd like to talk to you, I guess, about CSS? Yeah, just just find us on the website um, or find us through LinkedIn. Uh, We're at uh, connexity.com. I will add links to that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, to remind you, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or just head to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box to find it. John, thank you so much for coming on and giving us such a clear explanation of what CSS is and how it could benefit our businesses. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks a lot for having me. Cheers, Chloe. There you go, guys. Now you understand about CSS when it comes to GSC on Google Ads. And a really important thing to take from that is if you are maxing out your Google Ads budget and your Google Shopping campaigns activity, you can't find a way to generate any more sales out of it. You've you've kind of snuck into every niche and angle you can think of, then it's probably time to consider going and hiring a CSS to run a slightly different GSC strategy for you. Um, Because that's going to give you that more visibility, increase the sales and so forth. And maybe even go to the point where you're running multiple CSSs to try and take complete control. But I wouldn't suggest you do that on day one. If, however, you are not yet at that point with Google Shopping campaigns, then make sure you are optimising them. I come across far too many of you who aren't. So please don't just lump all your products into one and set a bid price. Go and do some optimization. Actually, for all of you, I suppose, if you've got a good quality product feed, you should also be submitting it to pricesearcher.com, which is a price search engine who will list your products completely for free as long as you can send them that feed. We had them as part of the virtual summit back in 2018. It's an awesome tool. It's something which you should all be using if you've gone to the effort of putting that feed together because it ain't going to cost you a penny and it is going to bring you sales. So that's pricesearcher.com as well. Well, everybody, have a great week. 
and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.